0: Visit RobertHalf.com today. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your Tour Championship Round 2 recap. And quite the round it was. Joining me to break it all down, it's Greg Ducharme. What up, Greg?
1: Uh, I'm doing really well, Rick. I'm sure not <laughs> as good as you, though. I mean,
0: th- I mean, are you in heaven right now or what? Yeah, I mean, so he is not currently in the lead, but uh, he had the lead. And Sung J. M. just one shot off the pace of Dustin Johnson has me feeling all fat and sassy heading into Sunday because Sung Jeezy, I've declared. Wait, I declared him back a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to declare him back again right now.
1: Well, he had a little fallout. He was back, and then he dipped. Now he's back again, so uh, uh yeah, Sung JM, he's back. You heard it here
0: first for the second time. <laughs> You've heard it, yeah, you heard it here second <laughs> for the first time. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's talk about the guys who started the day, started the week at the top of the leaderboard. Dustin Johnson, John Robb, I'd even I'm even gonna lump uh, Justin Thomas in here. Those guys played a combined five over par. John Rahm was four over himself. JT was one over, and DJ uh, found a way to get in at even par. But it was a lot of hard work along the way. And now, what it's done is essentially created this uh, jam-packed leaderboard where seven of the top thirty, seven of the thirty players in the field are within four shots.
1: It it's um quite interesting. I mean, it works really well for us. You've ended up with, I mean, look, we've all been at least I have been somewhat critical of the format, but right now through two rounds in the second, uh, in in the second rendition of this tournament in this format, it's led to a quite fascinating leaderboard, right? You have kind of the best of both worlds. You have a great, uh, a a great group of stars at the top who are still in the mix because of what they did during the regular season. And you have a bunch of guys getting in the mix and and you'd feel like you don't know who's going to win this event. So it's been great so far.
0: Dustin Johnson. Let's start with him. Um, uh, was one under through five. Then he went on the roller coaster. He went birdie bogey, birdie bogey. Uh, I thought this was a very weird round for DJ where he kind of saved himself with a couple of long putts. He dropped a 37 footer for birdie on number three. He made a 31 footer to save par on number four. Um, but also at the same time, I thought he made some big numbers that he shouldn't have. Like it was just kind of all around weird, but the big story for DJ and uh, golf channel savagely put the clock on him. How long it has been since he hit a fairway it was like 2 hours and 45 minutes this guy couldn't find a fairway
1: we only had two all day um <laughs> yesterday it was John Rahm who hit uh who hit 3 dj now has 7 uh, not a 14 7 of 28 fairways so far for the week so it it hasn't been great it's not going to be easy to close the deal i mean I, I don't know what you thought but i felt like the greens got a little bit firmer today Um, And coming out of the rough is exhausting, and it reflects in his proximity to the hole. He was able to hit 11 of 18 greens, hit 12 yesterday. Um, But today, the proximity number went all the way up to 41 feet, which was 28th out of 30 in the field. So it's hard to make a lot of birdies. He was able to do that with the putter sometimes. um, But it just makes it hard on yourself. He's got to figure out how to put the ball in play. And then if he does that, he's going to be really hard to beat.
0: He did not hit a fairway after the fifth hole on Saturday, round two. And I think the point you made is really good. It's exhaustive out of the rough. I would not say this is long rough at Eastlake. But what, what it does is it nestles, your ball nestles down at the bottom almost every single time, and you can't even see the thing. So it's not long. It's just like lush and nasty and thick and hard to move it.
1: It always sits down at the bottom. This is the way Bermuda rough is. It, it doesn't have to be long. If you see, I mean, the difference between three and four inch Bermuda is basically nothing because it's just going to go all the way down to the bottom. You're not going to get a good lie. Um, I went to actually DJ and I both went to Coastal Carolina, and the were course.
0: You guys, were you guys friends there at the same time? He's a
1: couple <laughs> years older than me. Okay, <laughs> I want to say. Uh, he's close to 10 years older than
0: well how old how old is he i don't know 36 37 yeah and so he's
1: about eight eight, i think seven or eight years older than me i think so he was long gone before i was but point being it was it was myrtle beach who was south carolina so i have some experience playing in this bermuda rough and it's so if you're not used to it which all these players are but if you're not used to it it's so annoying because every you miss by a foot you miss the fairway by a foot and it's in the bottom of the rough and and the hard thing is it's not like you have to muscle it out like you do with thick Kentucky bluegrass. It's just, you don't have control of your ball. You don't know how it's going to come out. It can come out so fast and fly over the back of the green and it can come out completely dead. So um, for as short as it can be, it can make you look like a fool and that is exhausting. You're constantly guessing. And when you're playing the way DJ has been playing in the past, he's known what's going to happen. More often than not. So now to hit it into the rough, to hit it in the face of bunkers, to hit it. I mean, he had some very uh, peculiar stances both yesterday and today,
0: and it's exhausting. DJ is 36, by the way. John Rahm is 25, and it was a day of missed opportunities for John Rahm. A four over 74 after all the hard work he put in in round number one to shoot a 65, he gives it more most of it back here on Saturday. And I, I don't know what went right for him. I mean, he he's he didn't take advantage of the easy holes. Uh, he missed the the makeable birdie putts that he had. He hit a terrible shot on 18 to go bunker to bunker to try to just salvage a par on 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 his final hole of the day on the par five I mean I don't know what the bright spot was for for John Rahm on Saturday
1: um if there's a bright <laughs> spot I guess he's still in the in the mix I yeah. suppose um I, I guess that'd be the one area you can say okay that was my bad round I'm not done yet uh let, let's see if I, I guess here's the other bright spot he hit more fairways today he hit 9 to 14 fairways but what happened with the iron play? I, I don't, I don't know what happened. I mean, he lost 2.8 strokes. Doesn't, it doesn't help to hit it in the water on, uh, on 15, yeah. make a double there. That that's not good. That hurts. Um, but you have a left hole location. He hit it in the water to the right. It's a sign that he's not in control of his golf ball or wasn't today. Yeah. Uh, of course he has been over the past couple of weeks, but, um the scrambling didn't go very well the putting didn't go very well so um i mean i guess you hit more fairways which is good you're still in the mix which is good but there's a lot to clean up heading into tomorrow
0: yeah he lost like two strokes on approach a shot around the greens two more on the greens just all in all a a very bad day for john Rom. a very good day for one sung jm who goes out and shoots a six under 64 after carding a two under 68. And he finishes birdie, birdie, par birdie. And uh, the big thing, the big thing is the irons. This is the thing, Greg, that, uh, it's been holding him back in the restart. We've seen numbers on the wrong side of zero from Sungjae for many events in a row. And then what he does on Saturday is go out and have his single best strokes gained approach round of his career. This was, uh, I know he's only, what, in his second prof- like second season on tour, but this is like vintage Sungjae. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess that's one way to say it. <laughs> um, well, uh, there, there will be a day, there'll be another round where it looks a lot like this. Maybe it's in five years, maybe it's next year. Um, and, and it may be before the calendar year breaks, but this is the kind of round we're going to look back to and say, it was like the second round at, at Eastlake in 2020. It was, it was amazing. We're going to say that at one point. Um, But you look at what he's hit in greens. He's at 15 greens yesterday. He was fifth in the field approaching the greens yesterday. And then today just kind of went off. But Rick, I got to know. I mean, he's your boy. What were you thinking with that shot on 18? I mean, that was, that, that was sweet. That little low cut off the down slope. It was so cool.
0: Landed it right in the right spot. Got it to like hang and just collect on the front part of the green. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was awesome. I just kept, I just kept watching. I was like, wow, Sungjae's making a move oh, look, Sunjay's making a move. Oh, oh my gosh, he's still making it. And by the time I look up, he's the clubhouse leader, right? And he doesn't, he's going to finish uh, one shot back and they're going to, they reshuffle after every single round, right? So he's going to be out with, he's going to be out with DJ, in round three of this thing, which is going to be a lot of fun. But um, yeah, no, he, he, he played great. There's a uh, producer. Jacob has a great stat here. Most rounds of 64 or lower in the last two seasons. So obviously the two seasons that jay has been around it's Webb Simpson with 12 and it's Sungjae and Rory with nine. I mean, this guy, he, he knows how to hold his breath and go low. Yeah. He
1: has no fear and he plays aggressive too. I, I mean, I always think back to um, when, when it comes to Sungjae and his style of play, I think, to the Honda Classic on uh, 15 and 17. I mean, hitting it right of yeah. right hole locations with water right. It's it just it, amazing. So that's the kind of thing you get out of Song Jay. And, and we're going to see um, that anytime you see iron play like this out of not just him, but anyone, you're very likely to see a really low round. So it was great to see. But when when you look at his stat model, as good as it is in all of its glory, are you thinking this is one that can hang around for the weekend? Do you think he, he kind of has gotten – Close, but it's not going to be enough because DJ had his bad round. He had his best round, and, and DJ is likely to pull away. Where are you between those two players?
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm certainly optimistic. I mean, the, the DJ profile is always going to be great because he can just go nuts and run away with this thing. Um, the thing with Sung still losing strokes off the tee, and it's okay to lose off the tee because it's just a hair – I mean, it's like less than one stroke he's losing off the tee. That's fine, but he just has to hit the fairway. We talked about it. You cannot play Eastlake out of the rough. You cannot. So, so if, if he can hit the fairway, even if he's losing strokes for the week, um, I think he'll be just fine, and he, and he projects well over the final two days.
1: Yeah, and hitting 10 fairways today is uh, it's a good sign. His fairways are not that, I mean, not easy to hit. He hit 10 of 14, which was tied fourth in the field. So um, that, that's a lot. If he can keep it around there, you got to like his chances.
0: This week, CBS Sports launched a new podcast with some familiar voices. For more than a decade, Fantasy Football Today has been delivering league-winning analysis and advice, and now they're coming at you fast with a brand new feed. Don't worry, the old one will still stay the same. The Fantasy Football Today in Five podcast is your audio outlet for fantasy news and advice in five minutes or fewer. I love it. The FFT crew will break down what matters most to help you win your league in a quick hitting format. Available first thing in the morning, Monday through Friday. Download and subscribe to Fantasy Football Today in Five on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your smart speakers. How about that? Anywhere else podcasts are found, you can find it there indeed. Greg, uh, a couple other names here we've got to talk about. Justin Thomas, uh, who at last check, and I'm going to confirm this right now, yes, lapping the field in strokes gained T to green, and oh, by the way, dead last in putting. Uh, it, it, it's kind of been the story of Justin Thomas, right? He won FedEx St. Jude, losing strokes with the putter. Now, you make a couple of timely putts, you do it in the right, you know, the right spots. It, it all works itself out, but I cannot imagine the tr- how big the trophy case would be for this guy if he could putt. Well, he has a new putting
1: coach, as we know, at least on trial. We, yeah. uh, Mark and I talked about this a little bit last night. Um, John Graham, who is a great putting coach, they're working together. And uh, last night, one of the things we talked about Um, the model, the model says JT is the guy and full disclosure, it didn't work. I mean, we, we played that model last night. We said JT was, was likely to have a great day today and it got worse on the greens. So that's kind of the debate now. Typically it's very unlikely to have another day like he did today on the greens where he lost three, nearly three and a half shots to the field putting, um, yet he still finds himself in the mix. He's hitting it better than anybody else. Um, I mean, from a Tita to green perspective, it's a lot better than anybody else. The scrambling has been great. It's just this concern with the putter. So Rick, I'll ask you because I'm kind of, uh, my hands are kind of torn. I'm torn here, quite frankly, because yeah, it's unlikely he's going to have another terrible putting day, but then again, he has this new putting coach and it's not, it's nothing against the putting coach. It has nothing to do with that. I don't care if it's Butch Harmon. It's, it's the fact that it's something new and it takes a little while to implement these things. It can take a long time. So are you a little hesitant with JT uh, or are you optimistic that I'll have a, a better putting day, ta- uh, better putting days
0: in the next two rounds? So, it's weird because I hate to ever compare Justin Thomas to Brendan Steele, but he's like the first example that popped into my mind where we had a we we've had some rounds or some tournaments recently from Brendan Steele where he's been lights out from T degrees he's been lights out on approach and the putting just gets worse every day there there becomes a point when you've lost it you know what I mean like it's not just a bounce back scenario there becomes a point where where you don't have the feel and it's not coming back and you're working on and you're working through things and I'm a little bit worried that that's the thing with JT right now because he's grinding hard over this putting stroke. I will say from what I saw, the putts, I saw him hit. A lot of them looked good. They just didn't drop. Uh, I mean, he, he hit them in the right spot. I don't know if that was where he was intending to hit them, but um, they were very close. So unfortunately, that doesn't show up in the strokes gain numbers, but it's it's one of these situations where if he's going through all this hard work, I'm a bit more concerned that it's further away than tomorrow.
1: Uh, it, it's interesting because you mentioned the, the margin of the misses that we've yeah. seen. And there was a lot of uh, a lot of knee bending today, a yes. lot of hand on the head. I can't believe that missed. It seemed like it happened all day. Yeah. But in a very similar sense to what happens when you're missing a lot of fairways like Dustin Johnson, that's exhausting. When you're JT and you keep giving yourself chance after chance after chance and the round just isn't going your way, and you get into these positions where you are you feel like you're chasing and you're hitting it great, you're hitting it close, it just feels like there's a lid on the hole. And then that can put pressure on the rest of your game. So to me, Justin Thomas is on a very fine line. A couple putts go, I think he's going to accelerate into a lead and, and possibly win this tournament. I think he'll give DJ and Sungjae a real run for their money. Uh, and you're probably looking at only one of those guys that you really have to battle. Um, and, and I think that there's a real possibility that that happens. But again, as I said, we're kind of on a rooftop here. If he goes, if he goes the other way, it could get really frustrating for him, and, uh, and that's, that's never fun. So I'm, I'm really not sure what to do with JT. Um, is the lid going to come off? <laughs> is he clo- is, does he feel good about the putts, even though they're not going in? Or is he frustrated?
0: I saw some frustration today. Hopefully it changes tomorrow. I think he's one of the more uh, interesting storylines over the final two days to see because it's wild what he's doing before he gets on the green and it's also wild what he's doing while he's on the green. So uh, It'll be fascinating to see how that shakes out. Xander Shoffley. He is the prince of Eastlake. I still think Rory's probably the king, right? He's won it twice, so he's, he's the king. Xander must be the prince. He goes out and backs up his round 167 with a round 265. He is currently tied with Sung Jae for the uh, no-strokes lead if everybody started at even par, this guy's unbelievable. I don't know. I mean, we, we've talked about how good he is. Uh, you're obviously a big supporter of his uh, throughout the year. But when he gets here, when he gets to Eastlake, it is like a whole nother level. He's two shots off the lead. We might be talking about Xander Schauffele as the winner of the Tour Championship.
1: He's got a real shot at it, um, which is, I guess, a little bit unlikely. It, you know what I found so interesting um, when we were in our lead-up to the tournament And it sounds like you got a little emergency outside there. (laughs) Um, But uh, beside the point in our lead up to the tournament, Rick, you mentioned that Xander had to play kind of at a 94% clip um, Mm -hmm. to get the job done. Rory, who started also at three under um, had to play a 99% clip, which I find to be very interesting, but we're kind of seeing that play out a little bit. Is Xander playing in that 94 percentile rate? Well, he's hitting the ball really nicely today. He had a, had a, Great day. I mean, up and down the stat sheet, it's been great. The thing that's been most impressive is the putting. And Xander today had so many little downhill sliders and he knocked him in with such confidence. And you never felt nervous that he was going to miss. And I don't know if there's any evidence to say that's going to change. Part of knowing a golf course, part of being comfortable on a golf course is understanding the feel of the greens, understanding how they break, knowing the breaks, um, knowing the speeds, knowing how the speeds change throughout the day. And he has a great feel on the greens. So you're seeing it in the scrambling. Um, and and you're, I mean, he's five for five scrambling, or five for five out of the sand for the week, eight for 11 scrambling, which it's a, it's a great sign. So I love what he's doing on the greens. Um, and the swing is great. Off the tee, approaching the green. I mean, he's top to bottom stacked. And, and, and on the stat sheet.
0: I'm so glad you brought this up because I just pulled up the sheet that we were talking about earlier. So you're absolutely right. Xander Shoffley needed a 94th percentile uh, performance, which for him- If
1: everybody else was average, right? Correct,
0: correct. That is exactly right. Uh, with, for him, that is gaining 12 strokes over the course of four rounds. Greg, <laughs> do, you know he, do you know what he's at right now?
1: Yeah, six he, flat.
0: He's at six flat. He is dead on pace. If he has two more rounds like this, it would be his 94th percentile performance. And assuming everyone else plays to their average would be good enough for Xander to win. That's He's doing that's, He's doing what he needs to.
1: It's amazing. And that's why he's right there in the mix. So look, I, I think that's kind of the differentiator for him right now is the way he's putting. And I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it. it maybe goes against the model. We never pick the guy who's leading in strokes <laughs> game putting, but he's looking like the guy right now. Um, I mean, DJ is a, a tall task to catch. Um, Justin Thomas is another player who we have questions about. Um, and Sung Im had a kind of all-world round today. So is that going to repeat? I, I think DJ and Xander are kind of your two favorites, which is so rare with a guy who's putting the way that Xander's putting, right?
0: Uh, it certainly is, but when you have a resume like Xander does, and you know a body of work, uh, you can rely. You know, we're we're not relying on that putter to stay hot. I guess is a, is a good way to put
1: it. Right, he's got other. He's got a lot of other weapons.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about value. We're going to talk about uh, the odds after two rounds. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. Okay. Greg, I've got the odds here via our friends over at William Hill, and I've got them all out of order. Okay, here we go. So Dustin Johnson is your, of course, favorite still. He's in the lead through 36. He is plus 163. So he's like almost exactly what he was before the tournament started. He is right now. I don't know if I feel better. Okay, do you feel better about DJ winning now, or did you? would you have felt better about him winning two days ago?
1: It's an interesting question. I mean, he he really, he he grinded today's round out. And if that's your bad round, I guess in one essence, I feel like if you forget where he entered the week, I feel really good about DJ. He's leading the tournament and he just had his bad day and he's still leading. It's unlikely he's going to have two more bad days or one more bad day and and play his way out of the event. Um, But at the same time, he had a two-shot lead, Over second place, that's now a one shot lead over second place. So they've gained on him a little bit. I I think those odds, maybe I'd like them to get a little longer, I think maybe um, because the lead is closed, but I think DJ
0: is still the guy. I think he is two. Uh, Justin Thomas is plus four fifty, so four and a half to one to win this golf tournament. Xander Shawfley, if you like him, only two shots back, he's five to one on your money, Greg. And then the two guys, uh, Sungjae and John Rahm, are both eight to one. A little little disrespect for my homeboy Sungjae, I think, at eight to one, being one shot off the pace.
1: Yeah, I don't hate ROM in that. Uh, in all honesty, oh, are you are Just you because, making
0: another Greg f- like sec post second oh, round can, John can ROM we do call? It again?
1: <laughs> well, this is again. <laughs> yeah, here we go again. Um, it, the only difference is about uh, what 145 points yeah. in the odds. One, yeah. I think it was 150 Just, last week. I think he was too. Yeah. Um, so now at at eight to one, I just I think those are, are pretty solid odds, and it's unlikely that he's going to play this way the rest of the way. And and if you look at the other guys that are kind of um, around his level or behind him, I mean Morikawa would be a guy that's really threatening. Yeah. Um, but but looking just behind him, like Brendan Todd, Sebastian Munoz, Patrick Reed, you're not sure if they're going to be able to really jump up and make the and, and get the job done. So who can actually win? I I think you're looking at the top four, mm-hmm. I guess. You know, I, I guess it's all the way down to John Rom. Anywhere in that, uh, anywhere in the top five, is kind of a good place, and you get a little bit of longer odds on um, on Rom. But you're right, Rick. Jay to be a, to have Sungjae at the same odds as Rom tells you maybe they're thinking that today's round was just a an, kind of an anomaly and a really hot round and isn't going to last. I'm clearly biased in
0: this conversation, but. Uh, he, he, if we remove the fact that it's Sungjae, you have a guy at eight to one who is one shot off the lead, who hit the ball unbelievable with his irons today, which is usually a good sign, and he's won on the PGA Tour this season. It's not like so. Like if this was, I mean, this, this, these are all bad examples because all these guys have basically won, but like this is not. I don't know, Scott Stallings, one shot off the lead through 36 holes, right? Like Sung j m Im won the Honda Classic, one of the most difficult courses we get on a weekly basis or on a yearly basis. Like, I don't know, 8-1 to one seems kind of wild to me.
1: Yeah, he's unaffected. I mean, those are really good odds for a guy who's won back. I, yeah. I completely agree. And you're when you look at this leaderboard, there's a... Yeah, you can go out and shoot six under, but it's not so hard where... Last week at the BMW, it was very unlikely that the leaders were going to accelerate, which is where the ROM pick came from. You have, okay, you have a morning tea time. It's going right. to get harder as the day goes on. There's a big time gap between where ROM goes off and where the leaders go off. And that, um, it's a different golf course. It's almost a different golf course. This mm-hmm. week, everybody's really playing the same golf course because tee times get bunched a little bit. And And there are birdies out there for everybody. So to think that DJ is going to lay stagnant again is unlikely. So when you look down at a – even at like a Rory or a a Munoz or a Patrick Reed, these guys, uh, they have a lot of ground to make up. And I think it's because DJ has a greater chance of accelerating. Uh, Xander has a greater chance of accelerating. There's more birdies out there for the leaders this week than there were last week. So I I think when you're looking at this – Sung jae M. one back with the. Are, are they the longest odds in the top five? I mean, I'd imagine yeah, yeah, him, they're the longest odds in the top five. He's one back.
0: Yeah, it's him and Ram. Uh, Well, I guess Morikawa is also. Morikawa's uh, 14 to one, but oh. Morikawa's four back. John Rom is also four back. Rom is eight to one. Sung Jay's one back. He's eight to one.
1: I, I don't know if I'd go farther past four back. I mean, maybe Rory, because it's Rory and, you know, he can get hot,
0: but. Today's gonna, round wasn't great. You're going to need something really low, I think.
1: Yeah, sure yeah, you are. And he's putting pretty well, which is a good sign. But I just don't know if there's the the difference. I don't know if there's the um, the, the variability in the leaderboard like you see at a, a place like Olympia Fields last week. So I, I think Sungjae and I guess Morikawa at 14, those are probably your two best bets.
0: Yeah, I might have to put a shekel on Sungjae here just for like moral, just for like extra, as, I, as if I need extra rooting interest in this. Uh, All right. I think that'll do it. That's Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at TheRealGFD. You can find me on Twitter at Rick Rungood. This has been The First Cut, and we'll catch you next time.